0: "'Bob's spirits, never depressed by the dreary winter rains as mine had been, soared too, "'and in spite of the fact that for months I had been lifting him out of the abyss of my bad "'management with the bright hope that I would become marvelously efficient when working under "'pressure, and unfortunately we both found that, like the government when given more bureaus to "'handle, I merely became much more inefficient on a much larger scale.' I had read of beauty-starved farmwives standing for an hour on their back stoops, absorbing the glory of a sun-drenched branch of forsythia, walking in the orchards and burying their noses in the fragrant boughs, standing motionless in the warm spring sun and thanking God for the miracle of fertility. What I wanted to know was where they got the time for such ethereal pursuits. I saw the Forsythia, I saw the apple blossoms, I saw the sun glancing over the emerald tipped firs and pointing up the chartreuse maples and alders on its way. I saw those things, but I had about as much chance to linger and appreciate as I would have had riding a motorcycle through an art gallery. It all began with the baby chickens. They came first, while I was still very pregnant, and getting down on my hands and knees to peer under the brooder at the thermometer was a major undertaking. Bob and I scrubbed the brooder house, walls, floors, even the front porch, with Lysol and boiling water. The brooder house had two rooms, the brooder room and the cool room. In the brooder room, we had two coal-oil brooders, which we lit and checked temperatures on, a week before the chicks arrived. The brooder room floor was covered with canvas and peat moss, and had drinking fountains and little mash hoppers scattered here and there. The cool room also had peat moss on the floor, and buttermilk and water fountains, and mash hoppers here and there. At last the chicks arrived, and Bob drove down to Docktown, and returned with ten cartons with air holes along the sides, in each of which yeeped one hundred chicks. We stacked the cartons in the cool room, and then one by one we carried them carefully into the brooder room, took off the lids, and gently lifted out the little chicks and tucked them under the brooder, where they immediately set to work to suffocate each other. From that day forward, my life was one living hell. Up at four, start the kitchen fire, put the coffee on, go out to the baby chicks— come back and slice off some ham and sling it into the frying pan, out to the baby chicks with warm water, put toast in the oven, out to the baby chicks with mash, set the breakfast table, out to the baby chicks with chick food, open a can of fruit, out to the baby chicks, and on and on through the day. I felt as if I were living in a nightmare, fleeing down the track in front of an onrushing locomotive, I raced through each day, leaving behind me a trail of things undone. Of course, I chose that most inconvenient time to have the baby, and her arrival quite typified the tempo of our life. I rode the fifty-odd miles to town, sitting on her head, and the moment I reached the hospital, she popped out, red-haired and weighing eight and a half pounds— When I came home from the hospital after two weeks of blissful rest, everything on the ranch had been busy producing, and I was greeted by the squealing of baby pigs, the squeaking of baby goslings, the bawing of a heifer calf, the mewing of tiny kittens, the yelping of a puppy, and the stronger, louder yeeping of the chicks.' All of the small eat often screamers were assigned to my care, and I found that feeding of them all and Bob and me was a perpetual task. I relegated my ironing to something I would try and finish before small Anne entered college. My washing I tried to ignore, although it assumed the proportions of a snowball rolled from the top of Mount Olympus— and I closed my eyes to Spring, who was imploring me from every side to do something, anything, about my garden. Bob's life was as harried, and our marriage became a halloo from the brooder house porch to the manure pile, a call for help when pulling a stump or unrolling some wire, a few grunts at mealtime as we choked down our food and turned the leaves of seed catalogs and government bulletins— One night after dinner, as I sat at the kitchen table, industriously making my baby-chick-feed-and-death entries for the day, Bob unexpectedly kissed the back of my neck. I was as confused as though an old boss had chosen that means of rewarding me for a nice typing job. Another year or two and we probably won't even use first names, I told Bob.